0: Hello and welcome to the Broadcast News Wrap, your shorthand guide to the week's TV news stories featuring the sector's finest. BBC Three is back, and five years on from his controversial removal from the EPG, Avalon founder John Thode, who campaigned vigorously in 2015 to have it kept on air, joins Broadcast Editor-in-Chief Chris Curtis and myself, Max Goldbart, to assess this week's extraordinary vault face, all that, plus much more forward-facing analysis, on this week's broadcast news wrap. So, BBC Three back after five years in the in the online wilderness. Uh, I'm delighted to be welcomed this week by the founder of Avalon, uh, John Thode, somebody who. Campaign for BBC Three not to be taken off linear in the first place uh, all those years ago. Uh, John, you, you must feel rather vindicated with the news this week uh, that BBC Three is returning as a TV channel, um, considering the work you did in the middle of last decade with Jimmy Mulville, um, which which actually involved a potential bid for the channel um, alongside the campaign. Um, how are you feeling about this decision? Well, just to be clear that the bid was an
1: attempt to uh, get them to change their mind although we did think there was a lot of value in BBC3 and still do. I mean, it's, um, it's pleasing that they are um, apparently going to do more for young viewers and young producers and talent. Um, But I think, as we said at the time, and I still think that really it's the level of investment in content for young viewers and, and produced by young talent that matters. So, the announcement of um, bringing BBC Three back to linear, I don't know whether that um, is sufficient to patch up the hole that's been left by the lack of investment in the future of the BBC over the last six years. Uh, I was, firstly, I'm very pleased they've done it. If it, it, it's, it's obviously positive. But I also think that at the time when we were arguing whether Linear had a future. The main argument was the level of investment and the fact that they then reduced the investment. And I think last year announced increased investment to a number that is still below what they spent annually six years ago is that part of it's incredibly disappointing because I was was looking at the numbers. I was thinking, uh, positivity aside, the lost investment in the future over the last six years if you take that as a number if they were to increase the spend on bbc3 to 200 million a year it will still take them eight years to get back to where they were six years ago and i would say that is very very worrying that's the hole that needs to be plugged so i think this is a positive step forward i think it, i'm worried it's too little too late And I think they need to go much, much further. They've got a massive black hole Mm. that needs to be filled to support diverse, young, new talent. And and I really think it's the thing that the BBC should do more of and most of. So that's Mm. my fear. It feels to me like there's a bigger drive. I think one of the big problems with public service at the moment is there's such a big drive towards nations and regions, which comes with a giant cost, right? So I think one of the things they said about this is a lot of the spend has to be in the nations and regions. So the 80 million that they're spending a year, which is less than what they spent in 2014, the value you get out of of 80 million is less because there are increased costs to producing in nations and regions. And I think that, that between the BBC and the government, they have to solve the problem of nations and regions in a different way, so that more money can be directed towards new talent and new programming and young viewers. I mean, I don't know whether linear will work again. There's no Family Guy on BBC Three now, gone to ITV2. Mm. It's a very, you know, again, we said at the time that if you let Family Guy to go to ITV2, you destroy BBC Three anyway. Mm. If you haven't got the pl- They had Russell Howard, Family Guy and EastEnders, if I remember rightly, as the three, you know, things that supported the channel. They've got no Russell Howard, he's on Sky, they let him go. They've got no family guy, it's gone to ITV2, and EastEnders, looking at the ratings last Friday is massively in decline. So how are you going to look, how are you going to make a linear channel work again? I mean, it it took them years to get to where they were six years ago, Mm -hmm. so I am positive, but I'm worried. And I think Mm -hmm. that the, if I was the BBC, I'd be really worried about the hemorrhaging of young viewers. And I think they've got to spend more money. Mm -hmm. I personally think the government and Ofcom Need to require the BBC to spend a certain amount of money on 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 that sort of programming.
2: But John, would you accept with the new DG that this sign is that putting BBC three back on linear is at least a sign from the new regime from Tim Davie that this youth challenge is very much on his agenda that oh, he's okay, conscious no, of I, it.
1: No, I'm not. I am positive, right? And I do. I do think it definitely is on his agenda. But I often think what one what people do at the beginning of it, it, it is a given that you need to spend more money. Everybody knows that. They know that. And they're spending less now than they did six years ago. The cost of programming has gone up. Yeah. There are nations and regions requirements. There are all sorts of other things one's got, got to do now. Mm. So the value you get out of your money is less, not more. They're also, they require more rights for their money. Mm-hmm. So the producers have uh, find it hard to, it's hard to finance programming under the new terms of trade Mm -hmm. for young talent.
2: I also wonder, John, though, whether, I mean, clearly BBC Three lost momentum when it went online and it um, certainly it stalled its growth. It didn't seem to me to undermine necessarily the quality of the content. And I wonder what your, I mean, I would say that BBC Three has had some outstanding content over that period. And I wonder whether if they can keep, you know, if they can, I appreciate what you're saying about the, the volume of money and spending more. But if they do spend more, if they can maintain that same level of quality and that same ability to generate hits, and they've now got a linear window, look, I'm don't want to sound like I'm a happy clappy uh, uh, um, uh, BBC press officer, but it strikes me that that that, that if you can, one of the issues I think was they were making they were always making really good content, but some of it got lost in the ether without without the support of a TV channel, and that that might in and of itself be a, a step in the right direction.
1: Well, I- I completely agree it's a step in the right direction, but I'm saying that unless I'm very wrong about this, there is a hemorrhaging of young viewers away from the BBC.
2: No, that's undoubtedly BBC, true.
1: <laughs> like, so I'm just suggesting how you fix that. <clears throat> yep. which is, And it isn't going to be fixed just by making sure the few shows that they're making that work, and let's face it, a broadcaster should have shows that work. <laughs> the BBC should have great shows that work, but it also needs enough young viewers so that means enough shows and enough hours of shows to actually make a difference so and the only way you can have more is spend more there isn't some magic having the channel is helpful i wonder how helpful yeah because i mm-hmm. don't know whether i don't know whether they've got enough high volume shows that mm-hmm. you know linear channels work in volume and mm. They did have volume, as I say, with Russell, mm. Family Guy, and EastEnders. And I guess they've got, I don't know what the thing is that they get, you know, when they re, when they made BBC3 work, one of the things was the acquisition of Family Guy at significant cost. So they had to go and buy a non-UK programme because we don't make programmes in big enough volume. So interestingly, the weird thing is that the way the world has gone is that volume is less important now for an s Hmm. So you've got a weird juxtaposition here, which is, you know, in the end only fixed by money. Just got to be like, and I, I'm not. That's I'm not being critical. I'm saying that no, it's completely. I'm basically yeah. saying that the government, and I, I would blame the government, not the BBC. I, the government can't say to the BBC, "You haven't got enough young viewers." If the government doesn't also require the BBC to spend money on young viewers because it's very happy to spend, make the, make the BBC lot, do lots of other things. It doesn't mm. ever seem to focus on content spend. You know, it, it really, yeah. and, and what's the thing that gets cut? Content spend. <laughs> That's mm. what gets cut at the BBC when there are problems. It's not infrastructure, because cutting infrastructure is terribly hard um, and no one wants to do it and people lose jobs and things like that. So I, I'm concerned and pleased mm, <laughs> mm. it's too little too late and i'm pleased that they've done it and i think tim davy charlotte they're absolutely doing what they can with the resources they've got well they
2: mm. might they might have a bit more money for young people if they weren't being obliged to cover the cost of free license fees for a portion <laughs> of the older mm. community
1: it's such nonsense that the, firstly i think older people should have their licenses paid for by the government <laughs> It's not the BBC's job to to, to handle that. That that's a, that's a political battle that the BBC lost. But really, I think it's, as I say, like you know the list of things that B, the BBC's made to do by the government. And one of them is not um, fund programmes for
0: young people. I think mm. it should be. Mm. Mm. And do you, do you think, I, I think I agree that the iterative... Increase in BBC 3's budget is most likely not enough. 80 million pounds just looks quite thin, especially in today's inflated prices. Is is there are there other areas of the BBC budget that you think is ripe to be moved over to to young viewer spending, or, or is it ultimately a, Look, a conundrum that's too difficult? I'm not
1: I I'm not privy to the details of the BBC budget, right? But I do feel that. If you are running a business or an organization that and let's say I don't know what's their total revenue, four billion or something like that mm. a year, I forget, right? But I would suggest that 10 to 20 percent of the money that an organization has should be development to the future. Development to the future, not yep. necessarily yep. delivering programs over and over. Mm. So that so I, I would that's what we spend. We spend 10 to 20 percent of Everything that comes into Avalon on development to the future, and we're a commercial organization, a public service organization arguably should spend more because it because it ought. So, that for me is the answer. That's why I came up yeah. with the number of 300 million, yes, yeah. a conservative 10 yeah. percent right of the revenue spent on the future.
2: I, I just hope that the BBC doesn't think well we've increased the budget of bbc3 and we've restored the linear channel and that's going to be our offering for young people because i think it's incumbent on bbc1 um, bbc2 BBC to a lesser extent bbc4 but certainly those two mainstream channels as well to be ordering programming that feels like it is specifically aimed at if not maybe 16 year olds but that, you know young adults in a way that for a long period of time the sort of bbc1 uh, strategy around collecting young viewers was where we order big mega shows, um, and and those those shows scoop up youngs as a matter of course because they're watched by everyone, you know. And strictly, they always point to strictly. And I think yeah. on BBC Two, you point to things like. Um, uh, uh top gear as was actually and that's moved to one hasn't it the apprentice skews skews young and, the, and they would always say well we've got these shows that are watched by millions of young people which i think in and of itself is fine but i think that it would be too it would be a shame if the renewed push on youngs was sort of confined to the bbc3 ghetto you know that that narrow space um and mm-hmm. that it were it wasn't an integral part also of the the, the wider um Uh, content plan for the BBC, and it is also interesting that in some ways the BBC is trying to edge away from channel you know having its content and creative decisions made through the prism of which channel something plays on um, and trying to move towards a more channel agnostic approach from a creative point of view uh, from a um, ideas point of view and so I wonder whether f- part of Fiona Campbell's job, as well as being BBC Three channel controller in inverted commerce, the only channel controller that will that will sort of remain in that way, is to, um, is to sort of be a, a youth czar and a kind of champion for youth programming right across the corporation and the extent to which that's part of her remit, We don't know yet, but I, I, I would hope that it is. Mm.
1: Well, I, I kind of um, agree with what you're saying in that I think you have to divide we've got Strictly, it delivers youngs as they call them, right? For me, that's sort of slightly irrelevant, right? Because they come for Strictly, they leave after it. There's not a program that you're not launching something off the back of Strictly that might be a future. They've re- So you're, I'm interested in innovative work that could be the future, whether it be on the BBC or on Netflix or on Channel 4 or on ITV or anywhere. And innovative work that hopefully delivers for young viewers but also delivers for the future of UK broadcasting and my, and I think that the more money that can be diversed into that direction the better and then there's I think that actually weirdly that's a point of competition that the BBC can win with Netflix really easily because mm. they're spending money on something that um, Netflix simply doesn't I mean they do yeah. a tiny bit but hardly at all so they weirdly do for stand-up comedy. Yes, yeah. They, but they really don't apart from that. It's just not and Netflix is moving more and more towards what I would call broad network programming that really delivers the numbers. So
2: with established talent, right?
1: With established talent. It's a great point for me, the BBC needs to solve the original, the new talent thing, and it needs to solve retention of that talent when they grow. So they've got enough big returning series for the audience as it gets older. And it's just it's just a case of turning the juggernaut towards something which might deliver slightly fewer audiences now but in the future will deliver massive audiences for a hopefully healthy public service sector and the BBC in particular. By fear if they don't do it soon
0: it's going to be pretty bad. The people I've spoken to over the past uh, when this was first floated about a year ago and onwards have seen the return of a linear channel as more of a symbol than anything giving giving young viewers a Making them feel like there is a home for them at the BBC, rendering the fact that linear viewing habits are going in a different direction not so much of an issue. But it does seem ever so slightly perverse, doesn't it, John? I don't know. I don't know if you have any further thoughts on that. Uh,
1: well, I think that it is. Per- I mean, I no, I don't know the answer as to whether they know whether they can bring a linear cha- tra- channel back successfully. I, I think it is a bit. Per- I mean, I think saying that the that young viewers need a sort of home at the BBC is a bit patronizing, frankly. I, I think young viewers are better off, better at finding new things than anyone else. Whether it was, whether 50 years ago, it was young viewers finding Blackadder or whatever it was, right? It tends to be young viewers that find new things where it doesn't matter whether there was only two channels 100 channels or SVODs, right? It's always been young. So I think that the the idea of bringing the channel back, I don't know whether it's the solution, putting aside money, which we talked about a lot. Um, I think that really the notion that people watch things when they want to watch them is absolutely correct, right? It is definitely the case that Netflix is having trouble promoting new comedy speaking to my main area like if you speak to Ted Sarandis, he doesn't know how you promote new what to do about comedy on an SVD. Mm. I think there's a very good reason for that which is very interesting new com and I, when I say new I mean proper comedy I don't mean comedy that's basically drama right where there's a where story is incredibly important right I mean comedy where it really makes you laugh, where story is possibly less important, the character's more important. Mm-hmm. So if you assume that proper comedy is about character, the best comedy is gradually learnt to the audience. It's also when new writers and new talent do it. It's something they learn how to do, right? If you go, oh, I like this script. I make ten episodes. Here it is. A few things happen. One is. The audience has to get it immediately. And then they, they probably don't. And then they run away from it and it doesn't get picked up again. That's got a number of effects. One is that the people that originated it don't get to learn how to make comedy. They don't know, because the script to screen in comedy is one of the difficulties, most difficult journeys in mm-hmm. television, right? And I think with an s and stacking, it's a real problem like for new comedy. And actually new comedy tends to be the thing that in the end becomes the biggest thing. So I think that a channel could be brilliant for comedy if used right. So the show which gets bad reviews on day one, yeah. but it turns out that the critics are wrong about, has a chance in linear.
2: It's interesting, isn't it, that, that in theory, the Beeb could have could have a foot in both camps with this, with iPlayer and the channel, and, and, and might be in a position to, to, to exploit the Better elements of both those platforms. It's interesting that uh, you know a hot show at the moment on Disney Plus is Wandavision, which is being dropped weekly, mm. and so I don't think it's necessarily the case that it's quite as binary as some people suspected. That we were all going to move towards an on-demand um, era, and and the the linear schedule would simply be blown out of the water. But it is. Uh, 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 My instinct about BBC Three being returned as a linear channel is that it will help some high quality BBC Three content cut through more effectively into the wider consciousness, but it will generally do that amongst a demo that isn't the BBC3 target demo. So I suspect having a linear BBC3 will mean that more 40-year-olds see BBC3 content and appreciate BBC3 content, which might, you know, in and of itself, is obviously a good thing for the corporation, right? It's a good thing if there are more viewers seeing their content. It's a good thing if some of the the high-quality shows that get um, commissioned uh, don't sort of disappear in the digital ether, which which definitely can happen but i'm not sure that bringing back a linear channel um let's say for the lower portion for the 16 to 24 year olds i'd find it really hard to believe that 16 to 24 year olds are going to be swayed by being told that their particular show is on at a particular time on a particular day because um, i just think that's anathema now to that younger generation mm. Mm.
1: yeah you know i think that's a. Uh... I don't know if it's anathema because if the if the show is hot enough,
2: yeah, true. Hot. I mean, look, you They're could say love I, I, you would say Love Island, yeah. wouldn't you? Where that's something they tune in
1: every night. If, and if something's hot, they'll go. To, it doesn't matter whether it's yeah. on a linear yeah. channel or, or you have to go and buy it. You know, it's it's. So the question is, mm. will a will a linear channel have enough young viewers all the time to be able to launch something off something that's in volume that they do want to go to? Because mm. that's the point of it: is cheaper launching of new innovative stuff right you might if it's if it's what you just said which is it's just a way of older people to watch younger programming then that's a bit disappointing right but it because they're not the opinion formers right yeah if it if if it that's why i go back to the lack of family guy you know because there's so much family guy you could go to (laughs) bbc3 as a young viewer and it was young viewers watching it and go i'll just watch it a bit you know that kind of thing so so it's useful um I think it will be
2: interesting to see whether they treat the BBC Three schedule in the way they've traditionally treated the schedules on the other channels, which is, you know, a feeling that, oh, you have to have origination sort of round the clock and you, you need to commission to slot, because obviously the Beeb's moving away from all that. So I suspect that even though BBC Three is going to have broadcast hours, and Max, you might need to help me here, starting at 7 pm and running through till what midnight or something mm-hmm. like that probably I mean, original. Uh,
0: 4 a.m But 4 a.m well i don't know how many viewers oh, they're going to pick up
2: yeah. well you know what young people are like burning <laughs> the midnight oil but but uh, you know i wonder whether they'll just be a few select originations uh most nights and, the re- and they'll, they'll need to work out whether they do repeat eastenders or what the what the equivalent of eastenders is maybe they'll look at other shows maybe they'll you know maybe maybe top gear maybe apprentice maybe other things like that they can they can run regularly maybe they will look for a cheap acquisition that might be a a cool trendy sort of more underground um thing family guy was relatively um it wasn't a huge hit before bbc3 bought it i don't think john you'd know you'd know better than me. The other thing, I was i was having a bit of a nostalgia fest about BBC Three the other day, and I was thinking about factual programming as well because actually young people are incredibly engaged in the world around them and sort of political issues and societal issues and um, those sorts of things. And so factual, and I, I, was, I was thinking about, you know, when I think of old classic BBC three shows, I think of things like blood, sweat and takeaways and blood, sweat and Mm -hmm. t-shirts, which we're doing, we're doing sweatshops and we're doing um, sort of geopolitics in a quite accessible way many, many years ago and shows like last man standing, which was kind of like, you know, entertaining and had a bit of travelogue in it and a little bit of kind of gentle sort of anthropology um, and was incredibly engaging and entertaining as well. And, there have been over the years lots of great shows, I think, that were um, produced under the BBC Three banner, and it feels to me like that used to be quite a wide range. And over the years, with the budget cuts and the move off linear, it became narrower and narrower. And I would hope, money allowing, John's point, and I think it's a, ultimately it is a the key factor, but money allowing that there might that kind of breadth to BBC Three programming might might return.
1: We can debate endlessly about linear S fods but in the end, it's what to spend the money on. And how much have yeah. you got, right? And mm-hmm. and actually, how much you allow people who the buyers, namely who who buys the show, like I was interested to see whether they were in the new no controller environment, which seems a bit bizarre now, given they've still got three channels. <laughs> but anyway, the whether they would have a much flatter commissioning structure, i.e., instead of it all sort of going up to the top. Whether they do, you know, at Netflix, a lot of people have buying power. Consequently, you get lots of different tastes, right? At the BBC, in real truth, not many people have got commissioning power. It's on one hand. So you've got a vast number of people not commissioning shows. At Netflix, you have a vast number of people commissioning shows. If it doesn't go well, they lose their jobs. So it for me, the one of the like what you just said about BBC 3 in its heyday is actually it was a place where there was somebody who was relatively allowed to get on with it right commissioning from lots of different quite interesting producers, a lot of quite interesting things that they had a, they're allowed to fail a lot you know and being allowed to fail is the most important thing I think about a public mm. broadcaster. Uh, the difference between a commercial broadcaster and a public broadcaster is is the, uh, is the license to fail and therefore have innovative success. And I think the only way to do that is to let a number of people make the decisions. So if they're now bringing a channel back, does that mean that Fiona is all-powerful? Or does that mean that
0: one genre head
1: is all-powerful, which I also don't really adore?
0: I was quite surprised by the fact that Fiona retained BBC Three rather than becoming like youth controller. Or we, we mentioned this earlier, something that had a more like broad approach to, to BBC youth pra- programming. Um, but retaining that, I think you're right that it will be interesting how much how much of the BBC Three commissioning power she has and how much of it goes to the genres. Because under Fiona, I've noticed a distinct move away from the kind of documentary factual series that you were just talking about, Chris, uh, towards much more entertainment and factual entertainment. I think she's much more entertainment guided. um, And then there's a lot of scripted still there. Uh, So how that dovetails with the new channel will be interesting. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of interested to know
1: At the point where broadband is accessible to every home in the UK, Mm. at that point, presumably, everybody gets everything through iPlayer. And if you
0: drop things weekly, you drop things weekly. Mm -hmm. And what is the point of the channels at that point? Fascinating stuff, John. And, well, look, we've got ten months now until BBC Three hits the airwaves once again, so it's going to be intriguing what we find out about the new channel in the meantime. For now, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Broadcast News Wrap. I've been senior reporter Max Goldbart, and you've been listening to Avalon founder John Fode and broadcast editor-in-chief Chris Curtis. This podcast was edited by me, Max Goldbart. You can check out all 36 episodes of the pod on Spotify and iTunes, or on our website via www.adv.com broadcastnow.co.uk